We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host on this Wednesday evening, J.D. Silva, joined by three fellows, the first one being Taylor Peterson. I, too, am on the second night of a back-to-back and just hoping to bring that energy like the Thunder did in the fourth. <laughs> the next one being Jacob Niffin. What's up? And the third being Nick Pivot Table Crane. <laughs> become a hobby of mine to listen to opposing broadcasts and realize how they don't watch a single minute of the team that is coming into town to play them. It's hilarious. It really is. Yeah. Um, they just it's it's recycled takes and it's it's that. Uh it's it is wild. You want to hear my favorite? Yes, please. Late From tonight? The, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. Late in the fourth quarter. The Hawks broadcast broadcast says, "Surely SJ's in the MVP conversation after this one, <laughs> brother." Oh my God, I don't know. You're a little late to the party. Yeah, we had that discussion. Uh, Could SJ be an All Star this year? Wrong year. It's 2024. Catch up broadcast. Before we get totally into this show, we have we have a lot to talk about, as I'm sure everyone in the live stream knows. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, come hang out with us in the live stream during shows. Leave comments on YouTube. We also have a survey we're sending around uh, that... Jacob, do you want to throw that? Are we throwing that in the comments? I got in the comments right now, baby. Oh, wow. Look, Jacob, thank you. Yeah, we're searching wanna, for it. We want to hear from our fans about what you like, what you may not like. You know, get some data in 2024. Give us your data. That's That's the purpose of this, right, Jacob? We will also drop the survey in the pod description on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. So if you don't watch the live stream and you listen to the podcast version, you can find the survey there as well. It's just a simple Google form. You'll go on there, uh, fill it out, make sure that you put that Jacob Niffin is your favorite uh, uncontested podcast host, 
<laughs> and um, we would appreciate it very much. No, he's kidding. There's a box to check at the beginning that says you'll be fully honest. Uh, but hey it's the new year first group pod of the new year first group pod for since a while it feels like it does like a while we had like two holidays i think since the last one maybe was there a random wednesday in there i don't know thanks to all of our listeners for another year in the books another really good year if i may say so myself for the thunder at least maybe not for myself I so, guess I we guess should move. Yeah, I guess we should start talking about uh, a couple of games. One of them just just ended about ten minutes ago. Thunder versus Hawks, the Sega Baba, the Road Sega Baba, and uh, it was the Thunder were clearly clearly exhausted for this one. They have after some travel delays, it looked like they showed up after four a.m. in Atlanta after playing uh, arguably the best team in the NBA in the Celtics the night before. Um, actually, bringing up the final. Score to this one, unless one of you guys has it in front of you. 141-138. Thunder made a late push there in the fourth quarter, which was incredibly impressive. As Silva and I were just setting up for the podcast and not watching. Uh, so apparently we shouldn't have watched the entirety of the game, Silva. Yeah, we we were the problem. Uh, but the <laughs> Thunder started out uh, very obviously sluggish. Uh, the Hawks, who have been off since Sunday, kept throwing punches. Trey Young did his Trey Young thing tonight in general. Um, we all know what that means. Michael Cage kept discussing that. It dude was dejected at certain points in this game, watching <laughs> Trey Young shoot free throws. <laughs> um, yeah, one forty-one, one thirty on a Sega Baba. Honestly, the game did not feel this close to me most of the time. Uh, one forty-one to one thirty-eight seems seems so unlikely. I did start setting up my podcast stuff because I was like, "Well, this one is pretty much over." Then I saw our group chat going off, and uh, what you guys hear that? Okay, that's good. Uh, a video started playing on my other monitor here, and that's yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, second night of back to back, another L or an L after uh, an incredible game. I don't really want to spend a ton of time on this Hawks game, but to go through it quickly, do you all have any major takeaways from this Sega Baba? I'll kick it off. I, two things for me. Uh, number one, defense. Like Nick posted on on Twitter multiple times tonight. And in our private chat, offense wasn't the issue. You put up 138 on the second night of a back-to-back. The Hawks' defense sucks. Like, scoring the ball wasn't the problem. Getting stops was. The team looked tired. They looked slow. And they fouled a lot. Um, free throws were, were a huge factor in this one. The Thunder gave the Hawks 33 free throw attempts. And shout out to the Hawks for hitting them, 31 of 33. When you look at the quarter-by-quarter breakdown of this one, guys, Thunder lose the first quarter. 25 to 39. That's 14 point difference in the first quarter. They lose the second quarter by three, win the third quarter by four, win the fourth quarter by 10. You take away the incredibly awful start where they dug themselves, I believe, in an 11 0 hole to start the game. And this is an even basketball game the rest of the way. They fought back, which you love to see, had what I thought was a great ATO there at the end, drawn up by Mark Dagnall to get Isaiah Joe a great look in the corner from three to tie it. But I think tired legs, it's not an excuse. Like, every team plays back-to-backs, right? You have to come out with more juice than that. But that first quarter is really what sunk them because quarters two through four, I thought they played fine. 
yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is um, whether you're a fan, whether you're someone that covers the team, I would encourage you not to, on the positive side, boast. This is the youngest team in the league. And then when they lose, use that as a crutch. Whenever they win tough stretches saying, oh my gosh, how are they doing this? Then they lose a tough stretch saying the world is falling. Like, keep it consistent. This is a, a team that's going to, like, this is the month of January. Like, you hope that this doesn't keep happening. You got what, five second out of back-to-backs coming up this month. The super jam-packed schedule. A lot of fatigues on the way. This is, like, this energy, we'll see what it looks like in about two weeks. Um so I, I don't have a whole lot of takes on this game specifically. Uh, like Jacob said, it was defense. It was an offense. I don't expect that to be the case the rest of the month, but it is going to be super damn tough. I agree. I think one thing that Jacob and I were talking about texting in the, the group slack was the free throw discrepancy. Obviously that kind of started to even out towards the end of the game. Uh, like Jacob mentioned, 26 free throw attempts to the, for the thunder compared to the Hawks 33 but man, it felt like the Hawks have some very generous foul calls. And that's not a cop-out. That's not the sole reason they lost this game. Uh, I always feel like a homer when I mention the refs. But that's two straight games now where just, I mean, 31 points off free throw attempts for the Hawks. That right there will do it for you, especially on the second night of back-to-back with tired legs. Speaking of free throws, Nick had a stat on this. And now Nick's just going to stare. You, well, I, I thought you had it pulled <laughs> up idea. and you were going to read it. Or something. No, no, no. That, that, <laughs> Nick, that tell us what your we call, uh, That's what we call setting somebody up in the business, oh, Nick. Okay. He, he was throwing you the law, but we're also tired on the second half of back-to-back. Yeah, Our laws no. are not quite as crisp. Basically, I mean, the, the discrepancy is probably, I don't know if it's bigger, probably it's a little bit smaller. Oklahoma City got some calls on the stretch. But um, late in the game, I looked back at like the last seven games, including this one. Um Thunder shot 113 free throws. Opponents had shot 170. Um, I'm not doing math on the show, but that's uh, like 57 more free throws in seven games. That's a lot. And whenever the Thunder were down 12 with, gosh, I think it was like nine minutes left. Both teams had the same number of field goals made. Oklahoma City was actually shooting a better percentage from three and just a hair lower from from the floor overall. Basically meaning... When it came to buckets, this the two teams were even, right? Free throws were the difference. They were down twelve. It was a twelve free throw discrepancy. That was the another big difference in this one tonight. The one thirteen to one seventy. I didn't teach math, Nick, but I believe that's pretty close to like sixty percent of what your opponent is shooting. So as far as attempts, it's significant. It, it that, really that, is. That's a big number. Yeah, it is a big number. I also think JD that we have to mention. Was this Chet's worst game as a pro? Uh, I, I was actually thinking that while watching it. Because uh, even if he's... Chet has maybe had worse box score lines than he had tonight, but tonight did look like his worst game. Uh, I think he was likely uh, very affected by a, a road back-to-back in this in this way. Playing uh, just out of character, sloppy, turning the ball over. Um, you know, shot two of five from three, five of nine from the field, had 12 points, no blocks, no steals. Uh, one assist, four turnovers. That, that's the biggest number to me here because he's always so disciplined and that he's he so clearly was not tonight. And I, I'm, I'm sure some of that is fatigue, but can't totally excuse it. You know, have to, you have to, like you said earlier, you have to tighten that stuff up, even if you're the youngest team in the league. One other thing I was thinking about tonight's game before we move on is 
you know, Jacob actually tweeted this out and I was in full agreement. I kind of expected a little more deeper bench rotation. Kind of thought we might see like Amicic, um, Lindy Waters, Kaysen Wallace, Jay Will, that kind of lineup. Uh, that wasn't the case at all. Really, the only player who hasn't really been in the rotation that played tonight was Lindy Waters. Uh, looking at the minutes, he had 20 minutes off the bench. Wiggins had 21. Uh, they led the team off the bench of minutes behind Kaysen Wallace with 19. Josh Giddy only with 22 minutes tonight. Again, very much a second night of a back-to-back kind of lineup and rotation. I just expect a little more of a deeper bench rotation uh, as much as Mark has been preaching like January is such a tough month. We need these guys to be able to come off the bench and engage. And like always thought tonight was Lindy Waters. Lindy didn't necessarily play bad. Uh, I mean, there was defense lapses at, at times. He hit a couple big threes, but like, I just kind of found it interesting. Apply to all 11 yeah. guys who got minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I just kind of found that a little interesting. I thought we might see, Maybe even a Bertons, or I guess Us is on assignment with the blue, but it was really just Lenny Waters tonight was was the only wrinkle in that that rotation on the second night of a back to back, and I just kind of found that interesting. I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Where yeah. where was Kenrich Williams? Do we was anything reported there before that I maybe no. missed, or he just, just didn't got play? rest on the just rest rest on the Sega Baba? Yeah, rest on the Sega Baba. He's an old JB man these days. He's 29, which I will be here soon, and uh, <laughs> you know us 29 year olds got to get our rest. Bones hurt the next day. That's right. I did find that interesting. It's not like he's like a uh, uh, Bones. <laughs> hey, that's Anthony Davis, right, Silva? It is. Uh, uh, he bones hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other like major takeaways from this game besides how in the hell do you mess up who's got which foul and then take 10 minutes out of a game to sit there and Zapruder film the damn first half. What are we doing? <laughs> it's not like they call a foul, like foul, shake. No, they hold up the, the number of the player. Two, six, eight. Like, son of a bitch, can you not read fingers? Read this one. What are we doing? We that blew my mind. Someone needs to get that. fired. Yeah, that was horrific. And the Thunder had just gone on a big run there, right, uh, to start the third quarter. They the paused play for 10 minutes. They were trying to kill the run. That's right. Well, uh, meanwhile, one of the refs is over there chatting up and high-fiving and being bros, hanging out with the uh, the Hawks bench. <laughs> I saw that. That was so strange. It is a conspiracy. Yeah, really strange game. The delay. Kyrie Irving was on to something. <laughs> Kyrie was right. All right, so I just, just I had to get some energy in the pot. I'm done now. Whenever Jacob gets into that tone of voice, you know you're in for a treat. <laughs> I think <laughs> the last time I went went off like that was uh, Zumba, Zumba halftime. Zumba, it was right. Yep, like and that was also just as memorable. This time we got the bird. If you guys aren't watching the live stream, watch the live stream. You missed out on the bird to the audience. It's wonderful. What else? I was seeing how many jokes I could crack about how long that review was taking. I was like, I started uh, reading The Art of War. Um, will this game be longer than Oppenheimer? I don't know. Man, that it was great. At one point when they kept walking back and forth, I was like, does somebody have COVID? Do we have a patient zero again? Like, what's going yeah, on here? I tweeted out, did a, are we going to make a COVID documentary again? over this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, ready to turn Zach, the page on that game. But, Zach you know. Zarba, right? He was the ref tonight, Zach Zarba? Couldn't tell you. Could be. We're not going to call it the Zapruder film anymore. We're going to call it the Zarba film now. Dejounte <laughs> Murray seems to know a lot of Thunder players. I was <laughs> noticing that. He was chatting up 
almost all the starters. Quite a bit. What was he saying, Nick? Wrong answers only. Ooh, Nick, the lip reader. Good grief. I got like a an audio bug on him. I'm just like listening to the whole game. <laughs> no, I just want you to, to make up something that's funny. Well, he, they were also I'm doing this thing. Fools. They were doing this. Yeah, they, they were putting their weird. Hey, hey, get me off this sinking ship, please. Get me off this team, please. As he's, as he's cooking them. Yeah, he did play really well tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys want to talk about the game that was a lot more fun from yesterday? Let's do that. Holy shit, everybody. The Thunder beat the Celtics <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Great transition. Hey, yo. We are Bucks. back. And we're out of that horrible, stinky Hawks game we saw. Um, I was at that game. Just to Same. Up quick. I was at that game with a, my friend who's a Celtics fan, so that was fun. But the environment. Was he the Celtics fan that was behind me talking all kinds of trash? And then That's what I was about to ask. No. No, and then he left, was pretty, yeah, left he was pretty crestfallen for most of the night. Um, not saying much, poor, poor bastard. But Jeez. being in that arena, that was uh, since the last playoff game I went to, which God knows when that was. I have no idea. 2018? 19? I don't know. That was the loudest and most into it the crowd has been, I think. Because the Thunder, after beating the Nuggets and the Timberwolves convincingly the week before, um, kind of beat up the Celtics for almost four full quarters until some things happened near the end. The game got crazy competitive because the Celtics are very, very good and contenders for a reason. But my God, what a what a win. It's a lot to dissect from the game and from narratives that have popped up afterwards and have been enforced. Where do you guys want to start from this? Gosh, I mean, today, like six, seven national media podcasts that popped up and everybody's talking about the thunder contenders, the same exact, uh, same exact topic per usual. thought that was fascinating. I, I did listen to a majority of them as I know we all did, uh, but I just kind of quick aside, thought that was funny. Silva, I would double down with your statement on the most energetic crowd since a playoff game. There's been some good crowds, but that one took the cake and, I there were a decent amount of Celtics fans in the arena. I at least where I was sitting, there was a decent amount. And whenever they started to talk, like Thunder fans got louder. And it was kind of like that they fed off of each other. Yeah. And it just it made for a great environment. Um I I shout out to the Oklahoma City Thunder fans who have shown out this season. Paycom has been packed, even though 90% of people in Oklahoma City can't watch the damn games because of Bally Sports. They still show up. They're showing out. Um, we've talked a lot about it's just it's palpable. Like the the turn of the return of the fan base and the the energy that comes with it. It's a it's a special team, a special season, and people are showing up for it. And it's it's awesome to see. Even after the game. People chanting, let's go, thunder, out on the concourse and outside. Someone drove by. You know, I was in a crowd walking back to my car, and someone drove by with clearly their flashlight and, and recording the, from their phone, just cheering and trying to get a reaction out of everyone that was out. It was, that was uh, Taylor. Oh, hey, hey Taylor. <laughs> um, just uh, going around Reno Drive, you know, yeah, trying to fire up know. the fan base. Doing what trying I to get into Dave's hot chicken again. Um <laughs> Yeah, the crowd is back, to say the least. It was, it was awesome. Nick, do you have any basketball takes? Um, 
first first thought is Squirtle's upset tonight. He's uh yeah, he's he he's on the he's in the pokey box, right? He, he's not in the, the, the starting six. Box. What the hell is a pokey box? He's in you storage. Know, like, they put him in storage. Yeah, the storage, right? It's called a box. Poke the box. It's a poke ball. Well, the yeah, ball. but you also the have box. the box, and they call it a, the PC. Come on, guys. You guys even Pokemon? Nick, you and I are on the same page. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> the Pokedex, <laughs> put them in the box. It's that simple. Good grief. But to put um, in the box. Thank you, Silva. <laughs> so I got the same st- shirt on, Taylor. <laughs> back to the celtics game um i don't know i think that boston gets a lot of credit for their perimeter defense and deservedly so and uh shea cooked it um all-star Derek white gosh all-star Derek white it's it, it's possible for a player to be really dang good and really dang impactful and not be an all-star if you if you aggregated nba twitter and how many guys are all stars. There would be eighty of them every year. It's like this. This guy's an all star, and it's like, no, he's really damn good. Just like Boney saying every single player is a projected lottery pick. I, I would pay a lot of money if someone could like create some kind of like AI. You know those bots on Twitter, where yeah. anytime someone calls someone an all star, automatically replies and says name the players that are he's better than because mm-hmm. that's always the thing. You can say this guy's all NBA level or all star level. All right, well, name the name the the twelve players that it's, it's like stop, stop, idiots. Um, no, Derek White's really good though, and Shea cooked him. Jalen Brown didn't look great. Dub kind of had the the better game over him. I know that's Silva's favorite comp is <laughs> Dub and Jalen Brown. Um, I, don't know, I think I think it two nights ago showed the Thunder ceiling, and they can get up and play anybody. I think tonight showed. Honestly, what's their floor? Like, that's the worst game they've had. Many players on the team had the worst game of the season. You just mentioned Chet. Um, so I think that's kind of your measuring stick from a, a ceiling and a floor standpoint. I think one big theme, that, or one big player uh, that we haven't talked about in that that Celtics game that I touched on a little bit last night was Josh Giddy. It was just absolutely phenomenal. 23 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 8 of 14 from the field, but most importantly, 4 of 7 from 3. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, no, four, seven from three, three, three from the free throw line is what I was looking at. Thought Josh had a fantastic game. I thought the Thunder and Mark specifically did a really great job of just running different offensive sets to get Josh moving and not just have him stagnant in the corner when Porzingis, the primary defender on him or, or the backup center, whoever w- may have been in those Celtics lineups. Thought Josh did, uh, Josh, Mark ran some very interesting wrinkles to be able to get him moving off ball. And then obviously when the Thunder are pushing the, the ball in, transi- in transition and pushing the pace, that's when Josh is at his best. And we saw that really shine last night. I thought Josh was fantastic. I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts after I talked about him last night. He's been great. I mean, we've we've talked about it. I feel like Nick and I have been leading the charge here on Josh turning the corner and like being a super impactful player. Lots of folks want to the should the Thunder trade for somebody? Should they not? Like the debate is already like annoying me. Mm-hmm. But if you like pulled people who want the Thunder to make a trade, what should they do? It's either A, get a big, or B, go get a big wing. Well, guess what? The 6'9, 225 pounder on the team is starting to find his role again mm-hmm. and starting to really shine. And that's the big wing you need right there. He's on the team, and he just turned 21. Is that right? Yep. Like, just turned 21. 
that's the big wing you need. And he's, he's really started to turn the corner here. I've been very impressed. Um, I think it just took some recalibration as teams like guarded him differently and did different things. And I've told you guys, I think the biggest thing with Josh really to me, since that Kings game on the road, he's just playing with a different level of confidence. Like there have been games where he's just got the swagger back. He seems more engaged. He's like more hyped up. You can see it with like these one-handed passes and some of these moves he's making. Um, maybe my, not my favorite play. There's a lot of them against the Celtics. But one play that was really encouraging to me was the ball got swung to Josh in the corner for a three. Al Horford was on him. And Josh didn't settle. He drove in and he put his shoulder into Al Horford's chest, pushed him off, and then got the little runner. Like, a lot of guys can't do that. Al Horford's a big dude. Al Horford might also be playing basketball and he's 55. That dude can, like, timeless. Um, had a, had a fast break yam. He did. I didn't know he could no. still jump. No. That was impressive. Um, but he, uh, like, that play from Josh, like, showed me the confidence is back. Like, he's wanting to be physical. He's wanting to get to the cup. I've been really impressed with Josh recently. I've got a trivia question. You guys know I like to do these. Two players in this team, okay? They've both, since December 1st, made the same amount of threes. One of them is shooting a hair under 43%. One of them shooting a hair under 35%. Who are the two players? Josh is the first, because I know that stat, because I brought it up last night, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you I guys want to guess next, or you want me to? I think Jacob said it before he froze. I was going to say, Jacob, oh, you just froze? froze? Yeah, you yeah. froze. Isaiah Joe. Yep. That was is Isaiah Joe. Hey. But seriously, 43% since December 1st, which is a 22-game sample size, mind you. That's and on insane. three plus attempts. Am I that's off the top of my head, Nick, but yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah. This isn't this isn't some fluke. Stat Muse loves the Julius Randle's average 30 and 12 since Christmas. And it's like, dog, it's been two games. <laughs> I've had <laughs> another stat muse. <laughs> Uh, this is a 22-game sample over a quarter of the season that he's shooting 43% from three. I don't know if it'll last. I don't think it'll last. I think it'll regress. But if this dude's a 35% three-point shooter, gets out of his head a bit and doesn't have the careless turnovers, is a little more selective with, with when he shoots the ball, like this is a guy that is exactly what you'd want to trade for. You know, it's mm -hmm. not a Donovan Mitchell or Pascal Siakam trade, but this like fringe trade, that, that's what it is. 100%. I agree with that. Couldn't agree more. Well, let me uh, turn this around on you three assholes, since I had to answer this before. Is the shooting from Josh and the offensive confidence, is it a mirage? You're never going to let this one Stop. live down, are you? <laughs> no. I don't think it is. Like, we play this, this game every year with multiple players on, like, is it a turning of the corner or is it a hot streak? Is it a regression or is it a cold streak? I think, I mean, how many times have we come on this podcast and preach, give Josh 20 games? You know what? It took 25. Yeah. Yep. Not 20. Sorry. And over his last 20, he's shooting that. It was something ridiculous, like 42% from three well, uh, prior to tonight. Taylor, while we're here, a fun thing. I think the, the listeners will enjoy this. Giving to the biggest Josh Giddy hater on the pod. I'd like you to say five good things about Josh before we move on. Five. Oh, this is like, this is like five. Oh, man. This is great. Yeah, this, well, this is like therapy. Point. 
<laughs> I don't think he can do it. His main guy, number one. His, again, uh, something I talked a lot about over the past two post-game uh, post pods I did over you know, uh, yesterday and then also last week was his decisiveness. Um, he's just been so much more decisive in his playmaking. I think that's huge. Okay, decisiveness is one. That kind of like, I mean, playmaking is kind of the same thing, right? I mean, he's had some incredible playmaking, but okay, we'll give him that one. Okay. Uh, setting up teammates, doing a much better job in there. That's the same. Defense, that's kind of how I feel. And the defense still leaves some to be desired. That's not a compliment, that's dog. I know, that's my that point. That takes like, one away. Now you're back to one. I, 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 can't, get to, I can't get to five right now. Um, that's how you know Taylor's an expert in giving feedback hater. sandwiches. He gives the, now, the good and the bad and the good again. But he doesn't need to have five things to be impactful for this team. That's what we're seeing here, right? We're just saying say five nice now, things about now the that's guy. The, oh, Taylor's like, well, he has you very like nice the EPM of the past second corner. Of the, 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 the. <laughs> Plus, but he has what he's basically has nice hair. <laughs> I'm really proud of him for uh, you know keeping things together on the court. Uh, there's three. I mean, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> has nice hair. There's four. Has a great Kobe that. collection. Nice smile. Mm. Uh, so he's being a little more engaged, size. a little mm. more engaged on, on and off mm. the or on the court and on the bench. I think that's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thought you were asking no, me for like stats. Now oh, Jacob's oh, going to say, I "Do you have a stat? Rebounds? He's been really great in regards to his rebounds here recently." Yeah. So there's an actual NBA stat. <laughs> now Jacob's going to get five things he likes about Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> the first depoy, the second depoy, and deploy, we're two deploy. hours on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> And Taylor hasn't even talked. <laughs> there is not five redeeming qualities about Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> See, no, Josh has been awesome. That's why I brought I brought him up last night and talked, hyped him up, and wanted your guys' opinion on Josh's game. Um, the other Good. thing, as well, is just like I think the resiliency of this team has stood out to me, especially last night against the Celtics, with standing in, a, in I think it was a ten zero run after the Thunder were up eighteen nothing. But also tonight as well, uh, as Silva and I both missed that that resilient resiliency here in the fourth quarter tonight as we were setting up for the podcast. Um, but the resiliency of this, I, I again I mentioned this last night. I've heard second youngest, I've heard the youngest. I think they're just the second youngest team in the NBA. Regardless, it's incredibly impressive and just I think shows the culture that this Thunder team is building and how everybody's bought in. Kind of curious your guys' thoughts uh how they responded in that Celtics game last night as well as tonight. That that game showed what a playoff matchup could look like, just a playoff game could look like, because you were seeing adjustments happen like in real time. You saw immediately they put Chris Stapps on Josh. And it was like, okay, they're gonna try and exploit this thing very obviously, like we saw in, against the Rockets, I think was when that happened mm -hmm. earlier, and it was very blunt with putting Shangoon on him. Josh made him pay. That was awesome. And they brought in a cornet. Mark switched to a zone very early on that made the lead get up to double digits with Kenrich at five. Really small stuff like that happening. Later in the game, Tatum being put on SGA, which that's a whole that's a whole thing I keep seeing. Tatum locked up SGA. All right. That was maybe three possessions where SGA took a shot or or did something. And usually it led to uh Chris Stapps helping off. SGA passing it to Chet and getting an open shot. I don't know what, I mean, the word, everything is in extremes now, kind of like what Nick was saying. You're, you're either an all-star or you're not, 
or you you clamped a guy or <laughs> you're a bus or, or you're or you yeah, are superstar. I don't know. <laughs> hey, if clamping Shay means letting him get 36, 6, and 7, clamp him every night, baby. Yeah. Speaking of, like, Chet guarded Tatum. I've clamped the hell out of him if we're going to use that same logic. Like, that did, that happened. Um, later in that game, I think Jalen Brown clamped himself. He did, which, oh, <laughs> oh boy, Jalen Brown, that was really tough. Um, the man really cannot. So, the, the whole dribble thing I always thought was kind of like over exaggerated. I don't think it's over exaggerated, guys. I, it's bad. I, I saw it. It's like the, that Nikias Duncan uh, video that gets passed around. We see you. We saw it. Um, you remember that video yeah. that was going around preseason of him, like just doing a dribbling drill, like losing yeah. the ball with his left hand. And the team tweeted it out. <laughs> the Celtics are just kind of. That's almost as bad as. Uh, sorry, not to get us off topic no, here, yeah. but the Golden State Warriors tweeting seven clay stats from oh, back during the Obama administration to get him an All Star <laughs> bid this year. <laughs> Seven reasons Clay Thompson should be an all-star. Yeah, and not one of them was from this season. That's okay, I'm picking up on they your did, joke. They earlier, did get Nick. drug on Twitter though. Good. Like the the ratio was a little was, ridiculous. Was Drew Muse in the in the comments on that one? Oh he was in your God, comments God. all day Drew, today. Drew Muse. God. Um on, on the game last night, Silva talking about the adjustments and whatnot. I talked about this with my dad on the drive home from the game last night. Would I have preferred them to to blow open that 20-point lead and just mop the floor with Boston? That would have been badass. I would have loved that. You don't learn much from that. When Boston claws their way back in and you are forced to execute down the stretch against what I think everybody kind of agrees is like maybe the best team in the NBA, top three best team in the NBA, a veteran team who's played in the NBA finals before, brought everybody back. That's where you learn stuff, right? You don't learn stuff when you're whooping somebody's ass and your starters are on the bench for the last five minutes. Like that's not a learning opportunity. The learning opportunity is when it's nut up or shut up time and you have to prove we can do this. And that's exactly what they did. And like, those are the experiences that will pay off down the stretch. You mentioned like the Porzingis shading on Shea on the doubles. And Shea gets off the ball and gets Chet two threes, which were the difference in the game. Shea willing to be the decoy and screening for Dub, for Dub to get the game-winning shot or the game-sealing shot there in the lane over Jason Tatum. Seeing those things happen make you more confident that this team is connected and when the games actually matter in the playoffs, those things are, like, replicable, Right? I even though I wanted the ass whooping, I liked even more the experience they gained from having to execute against Boston down the stretch. I was gonna going to bring up that play again where Shea was the screener for Dub. Uh, he has Jason Tatum on him. Tatum switches onto uh, he he could have easily gone and tried to get the shot himself, but. Uh, Dub drives on Tatum, who switched onto him. He creates separation in the mid range. He goes left. Like we've talked so much about Jacob, you've talked so much about. Don't let him go left. Stoppable. That was pretty incredible. And then Josh Giddy hitting those clutch free throws. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many of those moments there down the stretch. That I think are like to your point, Jacob, are just incredibly important for this team moving forward. Uh, I I don't think tonight's game against the Hawks really 
you can compare that much for all the reasons we already have mentioned. Um, but again, they still were resilient and were able to come back tonight. Um, I'd never say die. Entire legs. Yeah. Part of that is also just because the, the Hawks, Hawks just kind of crapped the bed <laughs> down the stretch and are not a good defensive team. Yeah, the yeah, Thunder, the Thunder cool made season. a team. The Thunder made a team, and the Celtics play their ace in saying, and you, you've seen this throughout history. Put LeBron on Derrick Rose. Put LeBron on X player. Put your big star wing on the guard that's lighting you up on the other side in the playoffs. And it was just cool that the Thunder drew that out of the Celtics, yeah. and were still able to be effective. Like the offense, SGA may not have been generating the points, but he was still, I think, conducting an efficient like offense. And Jada and Cheddar zero turnovers for Shea. That's huge, huge. To go thirty-six, six and seven with zero turnovers is insane. Oh. On like seventy percent from the floor. Pretty good. That boy, good. Good. Uh, I think we should probably take a break and then we'll talk some more about this stuff. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so the Celtics game is over. There's been quite a lot of fallout from that game. Um, it kind of started before the game, actually. It was very clear that uh, the media cycle was preparing for the to, for the Thunder to be you know the topic of the week. And uh, Tim McMahon from ESPN was around the team asking questions to Chet specifically earlier in the day that I really liked, uh, just because Chet is such so adept at deflecting any question that could lead to any sort of narrative forming. I think he asked something as simple as what have you, what have you proven this year, Chet? And Chet said, not shit or something along those lines. Um, and it kept going and the thunder did. They, I mean, they proved they could beat the Celtics in that night. If you want to get just straight objective about it, but the thunder are proving time and time again, that they're really freaking good. And I don't know. I don't know if I could have predicted even in our even in our best case scenario podcast episode. Did we even did we get to this? Maybe we should go back and listen to that. What, like I don't remember hell? what the win total we said was in the best case scenario. But if this hasn't surpassed it, it's close. Definitely <laughs> surpassed it. There's no there's no nobody on this podcast is talking about a 57 win pace. Nobody. No. We said like top read. We said like the th- Third, like the three. We said the home. We said, I think we said home court. 
Yeah. I think we said I was thinking, like top four. Yeah. I think I had 46, but maybe I'm giving I myself think too I, much credit. Like On that podcast, I might have said the second or the third seed. I'll have to go back and listen. You didn't believe that shit, though. <laughs> we were just doing best case Look at scenario, that smile. Nick. He's like, thinking back on it. You sound like these guys on Twitter. I, before the season, said 55 wins. I'm like, no, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to go back and pull the receipt. Jake was gonna I, pull I it think up. I said second or third seed. Uh, There's people in this chat right now that know this podcast more than I do. So somebody back me up here. Fair. Somebody knows. I am really glad as we kind of go through this Um this topic here of all like the the hype surrounding the team after that Celtics win, kind of glad they lost tonight because you mfers would be irrational right now. And I think this I think might humbled you a little bit. So this will be I think much much more. Not to say goodbye, I'm not worried about it. Exactly. Just wait until Friday's win against scheduling, the You're scheduling five Segababa losses in January? your boy is having, a, after just dominating you all in, in season predictions, uh, I am struggling this week with an L uh, last You're night, two, A-W tonight. I'm 0-2. I got my money ball. Is JD 0-2? I need that W. I've, I've had a bad week and a half. I think Nick's 1-1. <laughs> one one. I am 1-1 one one this week. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just really shocked that the most optimistic guy on the pod is winning this competition when the team is blowing expectations out of the water. <laughs> who would have thought? Who Who would have thought? Not us. Because, because yeah, I'm, I'm smart. 0 I, I mean, I, I told you guys this. Like, that Denver game where they just waxed the Nuggets in Denver, that was like the come-to-Jesus moment for me. I don't know where this ends. There's definitely a world where they lose in the first round. Like that is very, 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 very possible. Agree. There's a world where they're playing Western conference finals basketball in Oklahoma city in June. Like, I don't think if I had to put a number on it, like what is more likely they are, having to win two games in a play-in tournament to make the playoffs or they're in the Western conference finals. Which one of those two things is more likely right now? I can't give me the two options again. I can't be the first one. To option this. one is their Western conference in the Western conference finals. Okay. Option two is basically at the end of the season. They're the nine or the 10 seed needing to win two games to make it in. I want to hear Obviously, answers, in, right? Disclaimer. I always like to throw out there too. Try and anti jinx. Yeah, Shea, Shay's legs are intact. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that has Nick not is been thinking about injured this, like, tells me streak. all I need to know. Nick's about to throw a fastball through our chest. <laughs> He's like, trying this, to this, come this up with it. This question in September was like, "Oh no, shit! It's nine or ten. Easy." Mm-hmm. I think. I think I would go with Western Conference. Wow. Only. I mean, it would take. I mean, even if this team goes to 17 game, I guess they got 15 games left. They go seven and eight the rest of the way. There's still several games over 500 with an You're easy. You're talking seven and eight the rest of the of the month. Of the month. Oh, okay, I was about to, I was about to ask. There's still seven and eight would put them at 30 and 15, 30 and 16. It's impressive. Like, and then you and then you have an easier schedule the rest of the way you've got the all-star break post. Like it would, it would, it would take a, if this team is a nine or 10 seed, 
we're probably having some doomsday podcasts because that would be an ugly ass turnaround. I think the only way it gets there is injury. Correct. Feels that way. They're one back from the one seed. One game back from the one seed. And we even talked about this recent stretch. Like if they go four and four, it's like, that seems fair. Some tough competition. They went, what? I mean, eight and one, if you want to include that extra game. I mean, that's uh, pretty incredible. Gives them a little bit of breathing space here in this tough month of January as well as they move forward with, what is it, four more back-to-backs, I believe? Yeah. Um, and a ton of games on the road. Like, it's a tough mm-hmm. January. But also, like, um, to, uh, next week, I almost said tomorrow, next week, Monday night, they're in L.A. They have a back-to-back again Tuesday, but they're in the same city, sleeping in the same beds, not traveling. That's a little different than what happened sure. last night and tonight where they're flying into ATL at like 4 a.m. So, yeah. Um, just a quick thought experiment. Just real fast. Let's go based off the Western Conference standings right now. If the season were to end today, round one would be the number two Oklahoma City Thunder versus the number seven Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Yeah, I uh, personally, I feel okay about I feel okay about that. Mavericks mm. are on my short list of teams that I would be okay with them seeing in the playoffs. Oh, I, I mainly feel okay with that because of my confidence in Mark. I'm not even saying it's like, obviously I'm terrified of Luca in a playoff series and what he has done in that, God in that case. Damn, he's, he's so good. He's so good. But I, I have faith in Mark and the, the team following whatever plan he sets in place to accomplish that. <laughs> it's scary playing Luca no matter what. That's the thing. That's the biggest thing to Nick's reactions. Uh, I also, I say this. I say I like OKC's depth more than I do think about it. Um, I mean, I think OKC's off the style wins depth. out. Like, that's what I think. Luca has a bad game. It's done. Like, I feel like the Thunder have more people to help keep the ship afloat. But it's like, will he have a bad game? Is it? Is the thing? Does that's it? Fair. Does it change your opinion if they trade for Pascal Siakam? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's just any for way. Just argument's sake, God I know. Damn it. Let's I say know. they beat the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> in round one. Yeah. yeah. Round two, they would play the winner of the 3-6 matchup. Which is Hell the no. The Nuggets and the Kings. Oh, boy. No chance. I'd rather like that. This, this, is, this is a stupid take, and it, it take it with a grain of salt, but... I'd almost rather play the Nuggets than the Kings. This team cannot beat the Kings in Sacramento. It does not matter. I don't know why in series they can do it. it it'll be yeah. it, that might be a seven game series. But yeah. honestly, so will Denver. So will. Would you rather see Denver Mavericks? or Minnesota? Minnesota. Give Minnesota. me Minnesota. Yeah. Can make Rudy Gobert look like a little yeah. boy. I feel like there's a schematic advantage. Uh, that's kind of what I'm relying on in some of these matchups with them being so young. It's like, like you said, Jacob, a style of play thing I'm hoping wins out. And I want to play that tall French bastard, Rudy Gobert, off the court <laughs> via a schematic advantage. All right, just because we're in the future right now. Eight wow. players, playoff rotation. Who makes the cut? No trades? No trades. Starting five. Right. So there's five. Isaiah, Is that Joe. five, Taylor? Let me count. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Joe, Kenrich Williams. Kaysen? Ooh, that's where he gets up. I, th- I think I would add Kaysen. I would add 
Wiggins. He said eight. That's nine, buddy. I, I <laughs> might go Wiggins over Kaysen. Am I naive for thinking Mark is not going to have an eight-man rotation? You like, said Kenrich. Who else did you say? Kenrich, Isaiah. Okay, and Isaiah. Gotcha. So then either of Kaysen or Wiggins, and that probably depends on the matchup, which which is a cop-out. I think you could go based on matchup, too, though. True. Yeah. yeah. It's a good point. It'll be a mix. I think if he had to just blind pick eight, it might be Wiggins, just because the experience. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Wiggins is good, dude. He's, really, he's been really good. He's really good. There's a lot of it's a deep team. Weird, yeah, weirdly, it, and but. it's it's interesting. Silva, kind of getting back to the original point here. Other people are starting to notice. Yeah, like lots of people are starting to notice the the national media is really getting on the narrative. Um, Bobby Marks, the one tweet he had about the game last night was, "Well, who can they trade for that won't disrupt the flow of the team?" It's like, brother. They don't got to go trade for a star. Like, can we stop the narrative, please? Maybe that's why you're not a GM anymore and working for ESPN, but, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I just trade. And national people just in general go surface level on 30 teams that in depth with one, right? Yeah. Like, not taking any shots. We know way more about this team than Bobby Marks does. Like, full stop. This is true. But the fact that they're starting to get that recognition now is awesome. I mean, we saw today they're flexing OKC games onto TNT. The yep. good news, they'll be national televised. The bad news, I'm going to show up to the Chess or the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Goodness, Paycom, the Paycom Center for a 9 p.m. tip <laughs> against the Houston Rockets. And if we insane. lose that, oh, that'll be awesome. Awesome. how, how, how well we're Paycom playing. Center and stay up late to see them lose to Houston. On national off. TV. I'm jumping yeah. off the top of the bad boy. Well, and also, I think to add on to what you're talking about, Jacob, Woj had a segment on ESPN or on uh, NBA Today on ESPN talking about what's next for the Thunder and said a lot of the things that we've been saying on this podcast for a long time. Now, regardless, I think that just kind of shows you where this Thunder team is. Tonight's game kind of being an outlier. I'm glad I'm glad Woj did that because it is uh, kind of a contradiction when someone like Bobby Marks or whoever just recycles the take of well who are they going to trade for after you've after they've complimented them for the tweets ringer. and tweets and tweets or minutes it's like this yeah. team is already so good now let's change it now, that doesn't make any sense to me like we can have some patience and a more nuanced discussion than that I think in his defense and Bobby's defense it's kind of his job oh yeah for sure. You gotta, yeah. Yeah, it's a dumb thing job, though. <laughs> no, um, I mean, Silva, I, I think that's the thing that lots of people miss. They're like, oh, go get Lori Markinen right now. Look at the way this team plays, like, and how good they are. You want to disrupt the flow and, like, put other guys' development on the back burner? And go trade five first. Nick was the driving the the truck on this one for Lowry Markinen. If that's the trade, like save the picks and go get somebody else later on. Yeah, you know. Agreed. I will say. I will say. So on one hand, I just totally buried Bobby Marks for saying they need to trade for someone. I am personally kind of looking forward to some kind of addition to the team, not anything crazy. Like a seventh to ninth man. Right. Yeah. I, I'm almost, I'm looking forward to it and I'm almost expecting something. Like I, if, if you had to pick 
will they do something or will they do nothing? I think I'd probably lean to them do, doing something. They have a history of doing something every trade deadline and every draft. True. Just the yeah. history and evidence show tells us that they will. And to your guys' so point, you just think give... about. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. No, you're good. Sorry, you froze there again. <laughs> no. Um, just, what I was going to say was you also just like you look at the environment that they're in. If you don't trade Bertans now or before the next fiscal year, so I guess you could trade him at the draft, you miss out on the payoff of like trading trading the big number for a team to like reduce salary. Poku is going to be a restricted free agent. They never let guys go to RFA. So you think Trey Mann is doing extension this summer. I don't think any of us project he's getting the extension with OKC. Maybe you find him a new home. Um, You have all the draft picks. You have traded player exceptions. Like There's tons of tools for them to work with. And a handful of those tools, if they don't work with them, they disappear. And so that leads me to think they're going to do something. Not a Larry Markin trade. More like a Denny Avdia trade. Damn, <laughs> he's continuing to, to ride the bus there. You know, no, I was just going to say getting a rotation piece to your Rez's point, whether it's a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth man, whatever it may be, that has the playoff experience, I think could be beneficial for these young guys. You don't want to take away from their playoff reps. We've talked a lot about that, the dubs and the Jets specifically. We know what Shea can do. Um, but getting somebody who can come in, like a Kelly Olenek or uh, DFS, like those are the the two huge names right now, right? Genius Schroeder. <laughs> oh, bring Holy back Schroeder. Um, <laughs> just getting that playoff experience, I think, would be beneficial for these young guys to have somebody on the bench like that to be able to help in those situations and bring them in uh, in certain critical moments in the playoffs. But I agree. I don't expect anything huge. You know, one guy that I was kind of interested in, am I breaking up again? No, no, you're good. Yeah. One guy that I was kind of interested in that now is not going to get moved, but I thought made a little bit of sense was Precious Achua. Yeah. Kind of a younger, big, could like play some backup minutes for you if you needed it. A little bit of a four slash five. Like I thought that one was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, he's in New York now, so that's not going to happen, but so, something like that. Not a huge needle mover. Yeah. I assume that it's, if something does happen, it'll be a name that none of us have discussed. Nope. Never. Which is so fun. That's, looking forward to Each it. of you give us one name so we can say we have discussed it and it takes them off the list. Damn it. Damn it. How about Kelly Olenek? Yes. Olenek. Whatever. Okay. Taylor, give a different name. Oh, man. You want three white dudes in the same lineup? Though? Trying to think of somebody unique. Um, Oh, okay. Actually, I had one today. Brainstorming completely off the wall. It's going to take way too much for it to happen, so it's not going to. But I would love to see this player in OKC. He plays for the Toronto Raptors. Probably not who you guys are thinking of. Guess it. Give us some hints. Uh, He plays for the Toronto Raptors. That's your hint. (laughs) It's not Siakam. Nope, it's not Siakam. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh, obviously. Uh, Trade them all. Trade all the picks for Scotty. Gary Trent Jr. Would be so fun on this team. Now, doesn't fit like a need that the Thunder necessarily have right now. Yeah, that's why I'm out. But they don't need another guard. That's an interesting one. He, can, he needs to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Nick, you got a name? 
Um, this is a, a washed up guy. That <laughs> perfect. You guys are all gonna hate, but I. <laughs> I wonder. And this would be really marginal. Thad Young. Super yeah. old. Okay. Not really in the rotation yeah. at all in Toronto, but like, I don't know. He's kind of a big body. I don't know. It's like a prime Thad Young is exactly what we need. I think the issue is like <laughs> there's not very many sellers. No. Per usual. That's been the case the past couple of seasons, right? Because yeah. we talked about, talked about how tight the West is. Uh, even how tight the East is in terms of the contenders at the top of the East. Like, there's not a lot of sellers selling what everybody wants a 3 and D wing or a versatile big. Maybe that's why all the, uh, all of our ideas are coming from Detroit or Toronto, right? Or like maybe Atlanta. I don't know. Where the hell does Kelly Linick play? Is he in Utah? Utah. Utah. He's been playing really My well name... here during recent stretch. My name is Daniel Gafford. Oh, okay. I like that. I don't like the way you said that. Another Washington player. The Wizards. Daniel Gafford. Um, I, I, Dad Young was more of a joke. Um, I, I did find out that his, <laughs> his name, his uh, nickname on basketball reference is Thadjik Johnson. Um, oh my gosh. I love it. What, a, what about a Thunder reunion with Uh-oh. a certain Italian forward? Can he like walk anymore? That's kind of the issue. He can't defend. He's played 25 plus games this year. Who the hell does he play for? Is that much different than Berton? Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't follow that train of thought. You're a wizard, Danilo. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem, though, is like all all the fringe guys that are on crappy teams are all like the past their prime guys that. No one's getting excited for a lot of these names, you know. But at the same time, you got to remember you're trading like Poku before he hits RFA for this guy, or you know, it's a couple yeah. second round picks in there. And that's Thunder. There's going to be a certain segment of the Thunder Twitter that freaks out at the deadline when they want them to go all in for Donovan Mitchell or somebody, and they end up with a a ninth man that's 34 and just a veteran presence. Going. Making any trade for a guy that would be the fourth or better player on this team, I think, is a bad plan. <laughs> agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I've been seeing Claxton a lot, and I don't really like he that He doesn't idea. fit. Yeah, style of play, and he's going to start him over quite Chet? A bit, I assume. No. Right. Does he want to come off backup. the bench? No. Well, he, he's coming off the bench to. in Brooklyn, He's though. about to in Brooklyn. Yep. That's for who? Is crazy, right? Dayron Sharp. Oh, good for Dayron Sharp. Yeah. That was a target for two years now. That we've been talking about on this pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't mind. It's uh, just like there's not. Also, can Claxton right... hit a shot outside of three feet? Uh, after watching <laughs> the game last week, I'm going to say no. Exactly. He doesn't fit. He's not what they need. Dorian Finney Smith? Huh? That's a really popular one. Here's the thing. People, like, I've heard Dorian Finney Smith's name so goddamn much. You know who wants Dorian Finney Smith? Everybody. Every team that's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. True. You want to trade? It's going to cost you like three firsts to go get Dorian Finney-Smith or like a high-quality young guy. To go, How old is he? 31? Is he really? No to way. come in and be your... I think he is. Yeah, he definitely if, is. If you're a contending team, be like your fifth-best player? No, thanks. I'm good. No, I, I'd, love, I'd love to have him on this team, not for what it will probably take. 
What, like what if, if, um, if I'm moving two plus first, 30. screw it. I'm still, pushing everything in the table. Still, and I'm going to get McHale instead. Right. Here, here's one. Um, this would not be from a traditional like tanking team right now. It's actually from a contender. Um, once Plumlee comes back for the Clippers, they will have Plumlee, Zubats, and Daniel Tice. Don't need all. They don't need three seven footers that can't really move like that. They really picked up Tice because uh, Plumlee is up for so long. Would you give up a couple seconds for one of those guys? Sure. Why not? I think Tice is the only one that makes sense as far as like coming off the bench. I don't they know. Really have, they have three white centers. Yeah. <laughs> three white seven footers. Wow. Kind of like the Thunder. Good for them. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's their favorite thing to say. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, that that, and that dude whatever. put a sock in my mouth tonight. Great for him. <laughs> oh, it was great for him on that one. Great for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I can't think anybody else. I don't want to think anybody else. Someone in the comment section said Jonathan Isaac. So I think it's about time we end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's about time we roll the <laughs> outro music. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wednesday show. Glad to be back with the fellas uh i will be back with i think justin on friday to talk about the game against the nets nick claxton <laughs> baby had a guess there. yeah i gotta see nick <laughs> claxton again so pumped for that uh i think i locked that one in as a w which is great that was your lock um, of the week silva and i are yeah. in the same exact boat oh, two with money balls on need friday it. need redemption i'll show you my money balls <laughs> I'm going to try and clip that one out uh, we will see you all uh, Friday, thanks again for listening go fill out our dang survey we left it in the comments of this video and we're going to leave it in the description until next time adios and thunder up everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why, what do we know about magnesium well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.